This is Building on the Solid Rock with Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel, Solid Rock. Let every family find faith in the Father's love. This is where it begins. This is our cry, this is our song, Jesus the way. We find our life in Him. It doesn't matter what incident happened. It does not justify your wrong or your carrying in all these years and blaming what you do on that. You still, especially if you're a believer, Scripture says the Holy Spirit and one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is you have self-control. So you can go, I feel like this. I'm inclined toward this. I have a natural tendency toward this. But I don't have to do it because I have the Holy Spirit of God. Tells me right from wrong. Gives me self-control. You know, we have the freedom to do whatever we want, but oftentimes the things we want to do, we shouldn't. Today, Pastor Troy says that the Holy Spirit allows us to understand right from wrong. We get strength from the Holy Spirit to fight off the temptations of the devil. In scripture, the Apostle Paul says that just because something is permissible for you to do doesn't mean you should do it. Have you accepted the Holy Spirit in your life? He will guide you through thick and thin and empower you to make the right decisions. Now, here's Pastor Troy in the book of John chapter 16 with today's edition of Building on the Solid Rock. Whatever it was going to look like if Jesus left and they had to do anything, they couldn't do it like Jesus. And so there was this promise that they wouldn't have to do it on their own. That he'd be with them. It was good for them that he goes away because then he could send the Holy Spirit. Not less of him, but just as much God as Jesus was. So, they would need the Holy Spirit because Jesus is leaving. A second reason, they would need the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit would be leading. Jesus would be leaving, but the Holy Spirit would be leading. He wouldn't be added to their pocketbooks, uh, their their tools. No, he would take over for Jesus, and he would lead. They didn't lead Jesus. They followed Jesus. And in the same way, we don't lead the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads us. Jesus tells them that it's to their advantage that he goes away so that the Holy Spirit, the helper, could come. The disciples were focused on what they were losing. They were sad. They, they, they always focused on what they were losing. I'm not going to have this. I'm going to lose this. I'm going to have to let go of this. And they were going to have to let go of physically walking with Jesus. We want you here. We need you here. So they were so focused on what they were losing that they couldn't understand the importance of what they were gaining, which was the filling of the Holy Spirit. So often, that's what people focus on, you know. What we will be losing. You want the Lord? I want the Lord, but I don't know. I'm going to have to lose it. You know, and they think of all that they may miss out on. All they may lose. They're not understanding what they will gain and what Christ can do. They're just, oh, the changes and the things I might lose. They're so focused on those, they don't consider all that God will do. 
all the great things. So the Lord offers eternal life to them. But then they gravitate toward thoughts like, what if I lose my friends? What if I lose my family? I don't know if I can give up all of this stuff. Um, hello? You're going to hell. Does it matter? All that stuff? What about what you're going to gain? What about what will happen as a result of following him? What if I lose me? I said that to the Lord. You know, there are things that God's done in my life, asked me to change, stop doing, start doing, that are not me. They're not me. I don't even look like me doing those things or not doing those things. And I can tell you guys this. God does want you to give up things that are you. Because he wants to make you more like him. He doesn't want a better version of you. He wants you to be like Christ. Christ-like. And we let go. And those things hurt the most. And they're not even hard. They're not hard to let go of. If you really practically look at it, it, they're not hard. You know, one of the most basic of moves, you know, my wife said, you know, we need to get rid of the cable. We weren't watching it anyway, but for me, my family, oh, we had the box when it first came out. You could push two buttons and get certain channels that you didn't pay for. You know, we, we, I, the, the, wire, you know the cable, it wasn't even wireless at that time. So we have always had it. I may need to watch something on there. I may just happen to need the news channel, all 15 of them, just in case, get the different perspectives. I may need that. And so for me, it was my identity. We've always had that. We've got to have that access. And so letting go of that, if you think about it, it's not that hard. Saves money. We weren't watching it. What's hard? Call the company. Is that so hard? No, it's not. But it was hard because that's my identity. I mean, that's who I am. We've always done this. I mean, I'm not even a Neely anymore if I get rid of that. <laughs> and that's how you can feel. But the Lord, he, he wants us to focus on the things that we'll gain. The time we'll get back that we would invest and lose. Um, he wants us to see the things that he's doing, not focus on the things that we may be giving up. You know, Jim Elliott was a famous missionary to the Alka Indians, a, a brutal, savage tribe. And no one had even wanted to go in for fear of death. But he had a burden in his heart for this group that had never heard the gospel. And so he and some, some others went in, he and four friends. And uh, eventually he was killed by them. Now, before he was killed, they were in and they were making great headway. What ultimately happened was there was a fight, internal striving in the, in the tribes. And uh, one of the guys kind of lied and, and, and blamed it on those missionaries that had come. And so it made them angry and outraged and they went and killed them for no reason. Because of some guy's lie within the tribe. 
nothing that they had done. But beforehand, Jim Elliott and his friends said, you know, they had a gun. It was to protect them from wildlife and things in the jungle. But they said, you know, we're out here. We're, we're camping on the grounds now, kind of where they, we're, we're accessible. What happens if they come? If they come to attack or something? What do we do with this gun? And they said, you know what? We're saved. If we die, we know where we're going. If they die, they're going to hell. We're not going to shoot them. We're going to let God be God. Well, that resolve was challenged. They uh, gave their lives to, to save, to, to, to invest in a group of, of, of individuals who at the time never appreciated them. Because of their sacrifice, however, and I just want you to see how God can use any and everything. Because of their sacrifice, it hit the news in, uh, in huge ways. Missions around the world were dropping, and there was not a lot of excitement, not a lot of act- there was activity, but not a really a lot of hype or excitement in missions anymore. Well, once that news hit, it ignited world missions again. They were just ministering to one group, but missions took off again around the world. Not only that, but eventually salvation would come to this tribe. You see, Jim Elliott was married, his wife Elizabeth Elliott, a great speaker, uh, a great Bible teacher. She would actually return and go into those tribes and minister to them years later and be able to explain to them who would remember her husband that they had killed. And she would explain to them the sacrifice her husband made on their behalf. And then he, she could point them to Christ. He was, he be, they became a living example to the tribe of the sacrifice that Christ would make. And many Alka were led to Christ. Jim Elliot had said something that gives you insight into the life that God can use to do anything. He said, He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. He's willing to give up his life. He can't keep it. It's going to be gone at at some point. All the stuff that he let go of can't keep it. But the gain, the gain far outweighed any sacrifice. This kind of life-changing ministry takes the leading of the Holy Spirit, not just an ambition, but the leading of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus tells the disciples, I'm going away, but I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, the helper who will abide with you forever. And guys, by the way, if you do lose something as a result of trusting and following the Lord, I really believe and even have experienced that God is in the business of replacing it with something better. Now, it may, it may not be you give up cash, you get a lot more cash. I'm not taking, talking the same thing for the same thing. But it could be I was investing all my time in this, but man, God has really given me a time and, and, and enjoying this. But whatever it is he replaces it with is better. Much better. 
but it can be so hard to let go of if you're just focused on what you're going to have to let go of, give up or do. Listen to what Jesus said, Matthew 19, 29. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Following the Lord, sharing the gospel, it's high risk. But it's a risk worth taking. But we can't take it unless we're led by the Holy Spirit. Who must lead us? So, he's needed because Jesus is leaving and the Holy Spirit is to be leading. There's so much more to learn from today's edition of Building on the Solid Rock. So be sure to stay tuned for the next part of Pastor Troy's message. Building on the Solid Rock is the radio teaching ministry of Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel Solid Rock in San Antonio, Texas. If you're in the San Antonio area, we'd love to have you join us in person for our weekly services on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. for a time of worship and learning from the Word of God. You can also come by on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. for our in-depth Bible study. Learn more about the church and find directions at our website, buildingonthesolidrock.com. That website again is buildingonthesolidrock.com. We hope to see you there. Now, here's Pastor Troy with more of today's message. Second thing, not only is he needed, but he's active. Why is he here? Because he's active in the world. Verse 8 says this, And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. The word convict there, convicting the world, is also a word that could be translated convince to convince them, to help them understand, is is the idea, to help them to see. So here we see the core agenda of the Holy Spirit in the world. If he were to, to leave heaven and the Father say, here's your agenda, make sure these things are done, this is it. This is what he's going to do. So first, he convicts the world of sin. Why would he need to convict the world of sin? Seems like we should know right from wrong, right? Until you start to talk to people and you realize everyone has their own variations on what's right and what's wrong. Everyone's is different. And everyone has reasons, their own reasons that justify when they do do what they think is is wrong. But it's not wrong because of my reason, my excuses. See, people don't realize that they are part of the problem in the world. They look at everyone else. They're the problem. Murderer and that person and that. Everyone else is the problem out there. But they don't realize that they, we ourselves are contributing to the problem, the problems in the world. And so as a result, they're not looking for a savior. Oh, maybe someone to fix them. That's why so many will go to church for their wife. They'll go to church for their kids. Fix our kids. We're coming to church because our kids need it. But they don't realize they need it. People need to be convinced that they need help. In our pride, we hate to admit that we need help. And people really hate to admit that they're sinners or that what they're doing is sin. 
For some, they really hate the word sin. It makes it sound so much worse. In fact, the world is doing all that they can to deny that sin even exists. Let's do away with that. Because see, if there's no absolute moral standard, if there is no God who establishes right and wrong, there can't be sin. My thing, your truth, their truth, hey, whatever makes you feel good. As long as you don't hurt anybody. So they'll admit, then the big picture, they got some hang-ups, some bad habits, some things that aren't probably the best, but not sin. And we'll call it sin. They don't understand what sin is. Or they'll blame their behavior on something or someone else, like their parents. Well, I do this because of my parents, or their environment that they grew up in, or some incident that happened. This happened in my life, and so I am this way now, and I do this. They adopt certain behaviors, and they use these things as excuses to justify why they do what they do, like it's not still wrong or sin, because they have an excuse, or they've come up with one. They'll say, I get angry because I'm Irish. Sorry, I was born Irish. What can I do? God did that. God made me this way. No, you can still not get angry. You can still not do certain things that you're inclined to do because God said, here's right, here's wrong. I heard someone say um, that uh, when, when someone put spinach on their plate, uh, their spouse would put spinach on their plate or someone else at a, at a place put spinach on their plate, they get angry because they were forced to eat spinach when they were younger. And so now when someone puts spinach on, they, they just go outburst. I don't want spinach. Don't talk to me about spinach. And to justify it, it's like, well, you know, my parents forced it on me. Oh, that? Well, then just blow up and hit the wall and shoot people? No problem. That, because you were forced, it doesn't matter what incident happened. It does not justify your wrong or your carrying in all these years. And blaming what you do on that. You still, especially if you're a believer, Scripture says the Holy Spirit and one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is you have self-control. So you can go, I feel like this. I'm inclined toward this. I have a natural tendency toward this. But I don't have to do it. Because I have the Holy Spirit of God. Tells me right from wrong. Gives me self-control. So it takes the Holy Spirit to convince people that they are sinners. By the way, um, you do realize, guys, that that is the Holy Spirit's job and not yours. To convince people, to convict people of sin. It's not your job to convict them of sin. When you try to bring up people's sin, it mostly sounds like condemnation. No matter how you package it. It doesn't sound like conviction. Conviction is something the Holy Spirit does, not us. When Peter spoke to the crowds at Pentecost, they had been brought by the Holy Spirit. You remember the, mighty, the sound as of a mighty rushing wind? The Holy Spirit brought them all and brought them to this place to hear what Peter had to say. And then it says they were cut to the heart. They weren't cut to the heart because Peter was an eloquent speaker. He was a fisherman. They were cut to the heart because it was the Bible 
God's Word. The Holy Spirit working through the Word of God to do the work of God in a heart. Notice that He will convict the world of sin. Singular. Singular. Verse 9 says, of sin, and here's why, because they do not believe in me. That's the sin. So they weren't convicted of their, they weren't standing there being convicted of their adulteries, their lies, and their thefts at Peter's message. They weren't going, oh, I'm an adulterer, I need to repent. They weren't thinking that. They were thinking about who Jesus is. They were going, whoa, He is Lord. He is the one. And that changed everything. You know, before the world can be convicted of sins with an S, they need to be convicted of sin. That God is. That Jesus is Lord. The way, the truth, and the life. That there is light and dark. That there is good and bad. That there is right and wrong. And that these are established by God. They first need to be convinced of that. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit. Once someone knows Christ, then Jesus, His Holy Spirit, will calibrate their consciences through His Word. You've got to be in His Word or you're going to be one messed up Christian in this life. But if you read His Word, He will calibrate the conscience. And when He calibrates the conscience, guys, the conscience is a pretty good device. It works. It's just miscalibrated. But when someone knows Christ, then he calibrates their conscience toward right and wrong, good and bad. What is and isn't God's will. But he doesn't need you to start spinning people's dials. That's bad. That's bad. Because it's just condemnation for them from you. They need to know Jesus is Lord. Unbelief is a sin against God. Not believing Him. Not believing in Him. Not looking back at this creation, hearing that God created or there was a big bang. Well, I see design. I'm going with God created Him. So Lord, let me know You. I want to know You. For making that one decision, going, you know what? I'm not going that direction. I don't, I don't particularly care for that. It makes the most sense, clearly. I'm just going to believe in a big bang or just nothing. I don't even want to think about it. That's sin. That will condemn a person. Most would agree that murder is sin. That's bad. That affects someone else. But did you ever consider that murder is a result of unbelief? If someone believes in God, they will not murder. But when someone doesn't believe in God, right and wrong, uh, moral absolutes, they're capable of anything. And so that murder happens as a result of the sin of unbelief. God knows that the sin produces sins. So unbelief has to be dealt with, and that's the job of the Holy Spirit. He's not making us just moral people. He's making us God-fearing people, and that will make us moral people. And God wants to use you without you trying. explain that a little bit later. So, He convicts the world of sin. Second, he convicts the world of righteousness. Verse 10 says, Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. See, Jesus was the standard of what was right. 
and truth. When he was going to go away, we wouldn't have that standard here anymore to know or discern. That's all we have time for today on Building on the Solid Rock. Next time, Pastor Troy Neely will teach again in the book of John as he goes verse by verse and chapter by chapter through this gospel book. If this series has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send us an email at info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. That's info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. We love to hear from our listeners about their experience with this ministry. Let us know if you have any questions about our radio program. In addition to hearing encouraging messages on the radio, it's important to be involved in a local church. If you live in or are visiting the San Antonio area, come visit Calvary Chapel Solid Rock. You'll find service times on our church website. Just follow the link from buildingonthesolidrock.com. If you're unable to be there in person, join us online. That's all for today. Be sure to tune in again for more from the book of John on Building on the Solid Rock. Let the light of Christ shine as we grow in Him. Come have your way in us. Come